with Northview pretty much since the beginning. We've been part of Northview Church since uh, 2020. I've been with Northview since the beginning of it started. Uh, I was part of the core group. Um, I've been going to Northview Church since late 2019, basically since when it opened up. We've been here at uh, Northview Church for probably almost two years now. We've come in just as they started this in this building. When I came here, I was just coming to visit with my brother and uh, my buddy Nathan. He were, he had been here for a long time, I mean, since it was over at Smoky Stadium. And every time we'd get in the car after going to churches, the kids would be like, you know, this really didn't feel like, you know, our church. And we'd all kind of just be a little down, but we got in the car that first Sunday. We all sat in there and the kids and everybody at the same time, we looked at each other and were like, we love it. And that was it. That was the beginning of our journey at Northview. We were in a life group together with Pastor Greg uh, before there ever was a Northview. He uh, came to us one week and told us that he felt led to start a new church, a new church plant. We started as 14 of us. Everybody took time for me. And they was the, I mean, you know when you're the new person, people are like either really up your throat because they're like, I really want to meet you. I really want you to stay here or they're, completely avoid you. But it was like everybody was really put an interest in me and an interest in talking to me. The first time we visited here, it just felt like it was where God wanted us to be and we felt at home. We felt loved immediately from complete strangers. We did know a few people, but mostly complete strangers. We, we, were, ready, we were ready to move and we didn't visit anywhere else after coming here. I think we're excited the most about seeing where God leads Northview into the Kodak community. Understanding what the Lord wants us to do by getting out in the community and talking to people about Him. Because that's important. We need to go out there and make disciples. I expect this church to grow so much, even though I won't be here for much longer. I'll be moving away. Um, I know this church is gonna, you know, prosper and do amazing things in this community, and I'm so excited to see what it can accomplish. And I believe that God has put us here in Kodak, um, in this jurisdiction, so to speak, to to reach out to the community. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to see how He's growing us within as a family, and then what He's going to do out with. But you, Randy? I like that preacher. Which one, Craig? <laughs> I like that preacher pretty good. Yeah. Except for them days it gets long-winded. <laughs>
for what this church should look like. And I get a lot of credit for usually the bad stuff and the good stuff. I get credit um, for what has happened here at Northview Church. But it's not me. Uh, yes, the, the vision may have started in my heart and in my head, but it is not just me. That life group is a core part of what Northview Church turned out to be. But it was more than just that life group. There were about 14 of us, I think, in that life group. And, and quickly, just within a few weeks, there were another 8 to 10 people who joined up to be a part of the plant team for Northview Church. Uh, we started this church with around 24 people who came as a part of that original team. But even that, it wasn't just that group of people. Mount Harmony Baptist Church, which was my home church and that life group's home church, they are our sending church. They invested in us financially. They invested in us spiritually to send us out into the Kodak community. Even above that, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board jumped on board and invested in our vision for Kodak and what we wanted to do, what we felt like God was leading us to in this community. And not only did they jump in financially, they provided us with training and helping us to, to bring our vision into something that made a little more sense than what we may have originally came with. Sevier County Association of Baptists jumped on board with us. Connect Church up in Pigeon Forge jumped on board with us. Before we even knew what it was going to look like, they were the first church partner to come on board with us. Oak City Baptist Church in Seymour. What I love about it is, is what you're hearing right now. Mount Harmony, Connect, Oak City, all churches that are within seven or eight miles of us knew that it wasn't a competition. They saw the vision for a Kodak with a way that we could reach people that other churches weren't reaching in Kodak. And they jumped on board. I remember getting a call from the pastor at Beach Springs, Sam Grindstaff, if y'all know him, not too long after we came here. And he was angry at me at first for planting a church in Kodak. And he said, but you know what? You all aren't reaching the people we're reaching. He said, your mission and our mission is the same mission, to reach people with the gospel. They're what? Half a mile from us. And we, we love that church. We partner with that church in several different things as well. It's not all about me. It's not even all about that life group that started this church. It's all about God's vision that He placed in the heart of just a few people that has grown to what we are seeing now. Three years in. It's been pretty messy sometimes. Things haven't always gone the way... I'll be honest, this was not what we thought it would look like. Um, I am... It, this is better than what I thought it was going to look like three years in. It's been messy. It's never been perfect. But it's been fun. But we've seen over these three years, people get saved. We, we've seen lives get changed over these three years. We've seen marriages that have, have been helped over these three years. We've seen God open doors for us that we didn't expect, such as being in this location. We've seen God close doors for us that we thought was where He was leading us to go and He closed the door and said, no, that's not where I want you. We went through a pandemic together. That was fun, wasn't it? Um, six months after the church plants, we, we go through a pandemic together, uh, hardships, and then this location. 
The Lord has put us in this location, open doors, gave us, what, six weeks to get in here and remodel this before we had to pay rent to Smoky Stadium again. And he came through. Uh, God is writing an incredible story for Northview Church. And he's writing it through you. I may be the one who stands up here and preaches or on the really bad Sundays when Craig stands up here and preaches. The really good ones when Jesse does in a few weeks. Uh, He's writing this incredible story through you. Three years in, we've just seen the introduction. He's not even begun to scratch the surface of what he's going to do through you. Today, we are moving into what I believe is the first full chapter of Northview Church. He's written the introduction of our story. I believe as we move into this new season of the life of our church, we are moving into chapter one of God's story for Northview. And I'm going to be honest, it is full of anxiety. We, we have lots of questions about what it's going to look like. God knows the answers. He's decided not to share them all with us yet to this point, no matter how many times we ask Him to. But He knows the answers. So there's some anxiety, but you know what? This is the most excited I've been about Northview Church, even since the days when we were planting the church. I was really excited then. But as I see God start to move, I am so excited about what He is going to do through you all. I hope you're on board with this first chapter of what Northview is going to look like. I hope you're as excited as I am about what this is going to look like. So we are beginning today the Heart for the House initiative. Um, And I want to recognize that whether you are a partner of Northview Church, a regular attender of Northview Church, even if this is your first time in the door, you are a part of our story. For whatever reason, God has chosen to connect you with Northview Church. We began with, like Jess said in the video, around 14 people to now having over 100 people who are regularly connected with the church, who come once a month or twice a month, or some of you every single week, you are here. You are a part of the story. Now, when you hear about the needs that we have as a church to move forward, we can easily, especially if you've been around church before, we can get that, oh no, here we go, it's time for a fundraising campaign. Yeah, that's part of it. Heart for the house is so much more than just raising money for a building. It is so much deeper than than just a facility for us to be in. Heart for the house is a spiritual campaign for the church, not just a campaign to build a building. You are the house of the Lord. God has placed His Spirit in you. You are, God is dwelling in you. You are the house of the Lord, not this building that we stand in. You are what this campaign is all about. This initiative, heart for the house, is all about people. It's not about what a building may look like. We have a vision that we're going to be sharing over these next few weeks of what what this next phase of Northview Church will look like. We readily admit that it may look a little different than what we cast. We readily admit that, that God is fully in control and He can totally change the direction this goes, as He did when we planted the church in Smoky Stadium three years ago 
and decided to send a pandemic on this world and shut it all down. There are milestones that you will see us say we need to reach financially. There's a sheet on the back table that you are welcome to grab and kind of see what those milestones are. They are God-sized milestones. The, the goals that we are putting forth, I'm going to be honest, if it's just us, we're not going to accomplish these goals. These are God-sized goals that He has to be involved in, that we have to seek His face. Yes, we are a part of it, but God has to provide or we will not meet these milestones. They are God-sized. But the measure of success isn't whether we're able to accomplish the building goal that we're putting out there. It is the impact that we'll see Northview Church have on this community over the next year, five years, ten years, and down the road. And not just the impact that we'll have here in Kodak, but the impact that he'll have through you in missions, throughout the state of Tennessee, and beyond. It's not all about a campaign for a building. It's all about using God's people to accomplish what God has called you to do as his people. Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of heaven. When you think about the kingdom of heaven, who would say the kingdom of heaven is a future thing, spending eternity with Christ in heaven? Raise your hand. Do you think the kingdom of heaven is all in the future? If you think the kingdom of heaven is here and now, raise your hand. If you think it's both, raise your hand. Let's look at what Scripture teaches us. Over in Luke chapter 17, we read this. Chapter 17, verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Jesus was telling the Pharisees as they're asking him, Tell us about the kingdom of God. When's it coming? He's telling them, It's here. He's saying, He is in the midst of them. The kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is His rule through Jesus Christ over His people. The kingdom had already arrived. It is a present thing. Scripture also tells us that the kingdom of God is a future thing, that we will be with Jesus for eternity in the kingdom of God. And not only that, we don't have to go to Him. He's bringing the kingdom here to us. Scripture teaches that there will be a new kingdom, a new heaven here with us, a new earth, a new kingdom of Christ that we will be with Him in. So the kingdom of God is present. The kingdom of God is future. The kingdom of God is you. He has instilled in you, His people, the kingdom of God. We are serving Him. We are His kingdom. It is present in God's people when Jesus' rule is evident in your life? Are you letting Jesus rule every aspect of your life? Because that is the evidence of the kingdom of God. I shared with you all last week uh, my favorite passage of Scripture, one of my favorite passages of Scripture out of uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. But that passage continues, and we're going to read the whole passage this morning. 
This is what the kingdom looks like on earth. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Think about what he says in that passage. This is Luke writing this about the early church. He says, the church, which is the kingdom of God on earth, we are the representation of that because he is our ruler. He is our king. He says they are devoted to prayer. And we talked a lot about that last week. We have to be a church who's devoted to prayer or we'll fail at everything that we step out to do. He said they were devoted to fellowship. Now, some of us are really good at that because we get fried chicken in a lot of our fellowships. I like fried chicken. We had fried chicken at the men's event the other night, except Steve doesn't like fried chicken, so he had to eat before he came. Poor Steve. We, we like to fellowship together. He talks about how there's spiritual growth going on. They're sitting under teaching. They're learning. They're growing together. There's worship going on. And there's generosity going on. Church, I'm here to tell you, you are the evidence of Christ's kingdom here on earth. He is using you to accomplish His mission. He's using you to do greater things than you even realize He's done through you. You are the evidence of the kingdom of God here on earth. But there's a problem that goes along with that sometimes. We love to spend time together. Most of us do. Some of you would rather not be here this morning. Don't raise your hand to that one. But we love to spend time together. We love fellowship. And not just because of fried chicken. We just like being together. Or I do. I hope you all do. We like to receive the blessings that God has for us in our life, what He intends for us. But here's the problem that can come up. We have a tendency to take the blessings from the kingdom, but never use them for the kingdom. But we have a tendency to, to take from God all that He has for us, but never give it back to Him for Him to use for the kingdom. Our bottom line for this morning, your takeaway for today, is we are a part of building the kingdom. And kingdom building takes faith-filled Big thinking, risk-taking, bold action. Think about that. We're going to be a part of building the kingdom. It will take faith-filled. We must be people of faith. Big thinking. We have to think bigger than we can accomplish, or it's not a God-sized vision. Risk-taking, meaning we aren't taking risk outside of faith being faith-filled but we are stepping forward when we don't know what all the answers are going to be and bold action. If we don't follow through with that, we will not be a part of building the kingdom that He's called us to be a part of. Anything less than faith-filled, big thinking, risk-taking, bold action as we pursue God's mission 
Anything less than that, I believe, is an insult to God. If we are not trusting God with where He is going to send us and use us and use our resources, we are insulting God. Matthew chapter 25, that's going to be our core passage for today. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God a lot in this passage. And as he goes down, he's speaking in parables. Who knows what a parable is? A parable is a story that Jesus used to deliver um, some sort of deeper meaning, a way that he used it to describe what he was trying to teach. And he's telling some parables here about the kingdom of God. And in chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, beginning in verse 14, Scripture will be on the screen. We read this. For it will be like a man, the kingdom will be like a man, going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. Talents was a measure of money. To another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and and made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid the master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We've been around church in your life. You have probably heard that passage preached over and over at certain times in your life. You probably may have studied it in a Sunday school or a children's class. You you may be aware of this passage. We're not going to dissect everything in this passage today. But here's what I want to ask you. Are we 
fear-driven people or are we faith-filled? Do we trust God with what He has provided us and acknowledge that everything we have is not ours, it is all His? Are we fear-driven to where we say, I'm going to hoard all this, I'm going to make sure my future is secure, and make sure whatever you're striving towards, or are we faith-filled and say, God, it's all yours, use it how you want to use it. Your answer to the question will determine how you use your gifts. And as we talk about gifts, we're not just talking about financial gifts. God has gifted some of you in this room and some who are watching online with great financial gifts. Some of you He has not gifted with much financial gifts, but He has gifted all of you with talents. He's gifted all of you with spiritual gifts. He's gifted everyone in this room, even though we may not admit it or believe it, with time that we can give to Him. He has gifted all of us with so much. It is all His. And how we use those gifts is in relation to how we answer the question, are we fear-driven or are we faith-filled? I saw a story, uh, it's been a couple of months, about this guy who, back many years ago, I think it was in the 60s, uh, someone gifted him a Rolls Royce. Now, I have never ridden in a Rolls Royce. Has anybody ever been in a Rolls Royce? Are they as awesome as they charge? I don't understand why they cost so much money, but there is a great value placed on that car for some reason. I mean, I guess they look cool. I'd rather have a pickup truck, but whatever. Um, this guy was gifted a Rolls Royce from someone, and he, he wasn't a wealthy person. Obviously, the person who gave him the Rolls Royce was a wealthy person. So he was young when he got this car. He wanted to take good care of it and not, not abuse it in any way. So he drove it a couple of times, and he stuck it in his barn. Then he drove it a couple of times, and he stuck it in his barn. Then he got busy. This is a true story, by the way. He got busy. He covered it up in his barn. He didn't touch the car for years and years and years. Didn't even go look at it. Then he passed away. And his children go in the barn. They didn't know the car existed. And they uncover the car, which over the course of time, it was about 30 years before they got to see the car, uh, it had begun to deteriorate. Uh, the engine didn't work anymore. The tires dry rotted. You all know how much a Rolls Royce is worth, right? It, it's a lot of money. But he didn't use the gift that had been given to him. He just let it sit there and dry rot and rust. He, there was no enjoyment that he got out of it, and neither did his kids, his family. It was just wasted. God has given you gifts. Whether it's financial gifts or talents or whatever it may be, are you just holding on to them or are you using them for the purpose he gave them to you for? He didn't give you financial gifts in order to have the nicest house on the block. He gave you financial gifts to impact the kingdom. Does that mean you can't have a nice house? No. Absolutely. God loves for His children to enjoy the gifts that He gives. He does not love for us to hoard them. He gives you talents for whatever it may be. Maybe you have musical talents, but you don't get up here on the stage and help out with worship. Maybe you are gifted with, with just being good with people, but you 
You don't bother being a part of our welcome team or whatever it may look like. Maybe you are a good teacher, but you're like, I ain't got time to lead a life group. We need you. God wants you to use your talents and stop hoarding them for yourself. You are not accomplishing the mission that He has placed before you. God has gifted you and blessed you with so much, just as He has me. And many of us will say, you can have my life, Jesus. I'm yours. I want to be saved. I'm going to heaven. You can have my life, but leave my time and my money alone. I've got things to do. I'm too busy. And I've got to make sure the future's secure. So I'm going to hold on to all my money. As we look through this passage, we can boil it down to really two simple principles. The first principle we can see is that if you use your resources with faith-filled, big-thinking, risk-taking, bold action, you will make a kingdom impact. I don't know how God's blessed every single one of you, but I know He's blessed you. I, I know that for some of you, if it's a financial blessing, it may be a large check. For some of you, you haven't been blessed greatly financially and, and to, to contribute to anything, a few dollars, is a big impact for you. See, it's, it's not about how much. It's about using what God has given you. Some of you, God has given some great talents that you are not using. Or you're at least not using them for the kingdom. We have teachers in this room. Use your talents not just to teach children in the schools, but to at least invest in the teachers that we have in the church and show them how to do it the right way. Help us. Use your gifts and your talents the way God has called you to use them. What has God gifted you with? Has He gifted you with a teaching ability? Has He gifted you with some, some really great personal people skills? Because, I mean, I don't have those, just to be honest. I have to fake it on Sundays. Sundays wear me out, just being perfectly honest with you all. What has He gifted you with? Use your resources, the blessings that He has given you with faith-filled, big thinking, risk-taking, bold action. Put them to work for Jesus and you will make a kingdom impact. Principle number two that we see in this is that we can also hoard our resources with fear-driven, small thinking, safety-seeking, inaction, and insult God with a lack of impact. Hoard your resources with fear-driven, small thinking, safety-seeking, inaction, and insult God with a lack of impact. In other words, just to boil it down to what Jesus is teaching in this, Use what God has given you. Do something with what God has gifted you. Don't just sit back and hold it to yourself. Kingdom building takes faith-filled, big thinking, risk-taking, bold action. Are you a part of the kingdom family? 
If you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, none of this applies to you. Keep it all to yourself. Use it for yourself. God has still blessed you. He blesses non-believers as well. But you're not a part of the kingdom, so don't bother using it for the kingdom. If you are a believer in Christ, use your gifts for Jesus. Whatever it may look like. Now, some of you are in this room and you're like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to listen to preaching on giving for the next few weeks. It's not all about money. And if you're a guest here, you're like, man, I picked the wrong Sunday to come visit Northview Church. And if you're tuned in online, you probably aren't anymore, if we're being honest. Money's a big part of what we're going to talk about for these next few weeks, but it is not about money. It is about the spiritual condition of God's people. Generosity is a kingdom principle. It is a spiritual discipline. But generosity is not just about our cash. It's about using everything He's blessed you with. Maybe you have a, a, a home that, that is, was gifted to you. It was handed down and it's a large space, but you don't use it for any sort of hospitality. God's gifted it to you. Use it for the kingdom, however that may look. Maybe you do have financial resources. Maybe it could be a number of things. How are you using what God has blessed you with to reach the kingdom, to make a kingdom impact? If you are part of the kingdom family, it's not an option for us. It is required that we use the resources He has gifted us with to make an impact. Are you faith-filled? Or are you fear-driven? Now, I know that I've told you it's, it's not all about money, but most of you are hanging on that. We hang on how is this going to impact my checking account and my wallet. I, I come from the same place. I hang on the same thing. I mean, we got bills to pay, right? And if we don't give to God, well, there's not always an immediate impact, but if we don't pay our bills, there's a pretty big impact. I get it. There, there are bills that we have to pay. There are families that have to be provided for. Some of us, we want to build some wealth. There's nothing wrong with those things. Pay your bills. Provide for your family. Scripture teaches us. Provide for your family and take care of the obligations that you've made. Build some wealth. There is nothing in the Bible that says you can't be comfortable and have some wealth but don't hoard it. Don't bury it. Use it. No matter how small or insignificant you may think it is, use it. As we go through these next few weeks talking about heart for the house, we're going to talk about what the future looks like. We're going to cast some vision for where we think God is leading us with the full transparency that He may change the plan. We're going to walk through what that vision may look like. We're going to ask you, if you are a regular attender or a partner of this church for a personal investment, what that may look like, I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. I ask you to begin praying about that now. But we're going to ask you for a personal investment of your finances, of your talents, and of your time. Today, 
I'm going to make that investment in you. In a few weeks, we're going to ask for a seed offering for one-time gifts above what you may give on a regular basis towards this initiative. And I've been thinking about, praying about how the Lord would lead us, and then I decided I would clue Christy in on this as well um, to talk about how what our seed offering needs to be, how that was going to be used. And I'm reading through this passage. I'm going to invest it in you. We're going to do something a little different. If you all would hand everybody one of these envelopes. Now, I want to be clear. This is my investment in you. This doesn't come out of church funds. This came out of my checking account. It hurt. I'm not going to be. Lying. I'm not going to lie to you. But we had already decided we were going to give this to Heart for the House. In the envelopes that they're handing out, you're going to find a $10 bill. Every single one of you, kids included, you're going to get a $10 bill. And here's the rules with your $10 bill. You can see it on your envelopes as you get them. It's called the Talents Challenge. I think it'd be easier if we just call it the $10 challenge because we're all going to be confused. So the $10 challenge commandments. I want you to invest those $10 over the next month and find a way to do what they did in the parable we read today. Take the money that Christy and I are investing in you and increase it. How's that look? Well, here's the rules. Number one, do nothing that irritates your neighbors, your family, or your friends. We all know ways we can raise money that drives everybody crazy, don't we? Don't do that. Whatever you decide to do, render all services exceedingly and abundantly above expectations. Commandment number three, do only things that add value or joy to others. This is kingdom impact. Number four, do nothing that is deemed unethical. Looking at you, Craig. If you have questions about it, you probably should not do that. Number five, Jesse, no gambling or lottery use of the money. I guess I should actually target that to Nathan right now. First time I called you out today. Number seven, use the investment only for the kingdom of God, not lunch, Zavin. Well, that was number six. Number seven, return the investments or the proceeds of your investment the last Sunday of this month on November 27th. And we're going to celebrate and pray however God uses you to increase the investment we're making in you. So what in the world do we do? Well, be creative. I don't know what it looks like for you. Go spend $10 and, and have a, a sample t-shirt made, Greg Jones, and... He might even make them. Now he's only got one foot. He can't do it right now. Uh, design a T-shirt. Sell a T-shirt. You know, have some fun with it. Kids, you all have it too. Bake some cookies. Sell the cookies. But have a lemonade stand. Whatever you want to do with it. You, you know what you could do? A group y'all could partner together and invest it in something and and see how that works for you. Do something bigger than you can do with just ten dollars. I have no idea what it looks like for you. But the biggest rule is don't bury it. 
take that $10 and increase it somehow. And not just you saying, I'm lazy, so I'm just going to put another $10 with it and turn that in. No, get to work, do something for the kingdom. Christine, I trust you with our personal finances. Again, that did not come from the church. That is from us. Some of you I probably shouldn't have trusted with that. Too late, already did it. Use it for the kingdom. Do something with it and bring it back on November the 27th. Here's how we're going to close today. You would bow your heads with that envelope in hand and just begin seeking God's face on how He is going to use that small resource for the kingdom. How is He going to make a difference through just $10? Pray over that right now. you're a guest here you can still be a part of that you don't have to be a partner God's calling you he's got you here today for some reason are you a part of the kingdom that's the first question to ask Am I a part of God's kingdom family? Because if you're not, none of this matters. If you're not, God's calling you to surrender your life to Him today. Would you surrender? Would you say, God, I don't get it, but I know I need a Savior? Jesus, would you save me? I'd love to talk with you about that. We can talk during the closing worship if you want to come forward. I'd love to pray with you about that. Just show you what that step looks like. But most of you in this room have told me or expressed through through various means that you are part of the kingdom. You are a follower of Jesus. Are you hoarding the gifts and the talents he has provided you, the blessings God has given you? fear-driven or are you faith-filled? Some of you this morning need to ask God to change your view and your gifts on your blessings. You need to ask God to, to give you a spirit of generosity and kingdom building. As the band comes this morning, we're going to close in a time of worship. And during this time of worship, I want to continue with a spirit of prayer. That where you are, however the Lord's leading, maybe you need to come up and just spend some time laying whatever your selfishness may be on the altar. Just give it to God. Maybe you can't let go of something that's holding you back. It could be a sin. It could be just fear that's not letting you let go of whatever gift He's given you. Come, pray, ask the Lord to release you from that. 
Because in reality, that's what's controlling you. Father in heaven, as we go through these next few minutes, just singing your praises, praying, asking you, Father, to release us from our own fear-driven, selfish burdens, to give us faith-filled, generous hearts that's willing to think big, to take risks, to take bold action for you. Lord, would you move among these people? Would you move in my heart? And over these next few weeks, Lord, would you show us the vision that you have for the future of Northview Church. Lord, would you change us beginning in this moment. And for those in this room who aren't part of the kingdom family, they've never given Jesus their life. Lord, would you give them the courage to come forward and speak with me this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.